All right, dear Lord, uh, we thank you so much for today. I pray, God, that you would speak, uh, just speak, Lord, right now. Speak through uh, just a limited human being, man, up here trying to communicate, Lord. I, I pray that you would, your spirit would just be so strong and so powerful, Lord. And I pray that you would reach us, Lord, tonight. We need to be reached. We need to hear from you. We love you, Lord. In your name, amen. Has anyone ever been in like a death struggle with a housefly? Yeah, raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about, okay? I made a sandwich. It was an amazing, amazing sandwich. It was glorious. It had a toasted bun, sourdough. I buttered it like three times. It was golden and crispy. It had three different kinds of cheeses, Swiss, Gouda, and pepper jack, pastrami. Just, it was glorious, and I made it, and I set it down in front of me, and a fly, lands right on it. Do you know what a fly does when it lands on food? Yes, it does bodily functions on it. It, it does bad things to your food. And I just made this food and I was like, you know what fly, you're going to die. I'm going to murder you. So I'm chasing this fly around the house, but the fly has the advantage because it has wings and I don't have wings and it's flying up and down and back and forth and all around, I'm, I'm just running around like, like trying to hit it. I don't have a fly swatter. I take my, my foot off, or not my foot. I, that'd be really weird. I have like detachable limbs. No, I take my sandal off and I'm trying, I have my, my sandal like on my hand, a hand sandal. I'm trying to squish it. And the fly got away. And I was bummed. But you know what? I'm not bummed now. Do you know why? Because that fly is dead now. Because that was like a month ago. Do you know how long flies live? 14 hours. They live... Here, houseflies pass through four distinct stages, egg, larva, pupa, and adult. The life expectancy of a housefly is generally 15 to 30 days, depending on temperature. Okay, listen, that's a short time. That's why our graphic designer threw this fly graphic up, because we're trying to teach you guys you only live once. You've only got one life to live, and you know what? That's a short life. You might think, you know, 70, 80 years isn't that long, but really, it goes by in the blink of an eye. Now I want to ask you guys, I want to ask you guys, what does a wasted life look like? Anybody want to tell me what does a wasted life look like? Uh, yes. Trash in a trash can. Okay, like if you're living in a trash can? Yeah? Playing video games. Playing video games just all day? I enjoy video games from time to time, but a wasted life is playing video games all day, okay? Yeah? Was it? Tiny little spark, it just kind of fizzled out, right? What about you? Sitting on a couch for like ever. Yes, like if you were confined to that couch forever, that'd be a bummer. All right, now listen. Christian, you can go to the next slide. I want to ask you guys, what are your dreams, okay? Now listen, do you remember having dreams? Like when I was a little kid, I had a dream to be an astronaut. I thought it would be the greatest thing in the world. I'd go on the moon and I'd hang out with the Martians and it would be amazing. And I'm sure you guys had dreams growing up. Maybe some of you guys dreamed to be firemen or cops or cowboys or Indians. I'm not sure what your dream was as a little kid. But for me, it was the astronaut. Um, maybe for you, it was being a princess or I don't know. Or a, a princess, okay. All right. But listen, shh. Listen, listen. Okay. 
The dreams of a little kid change. You grow up and you start wanting to do things. I was just talking with one of our counselors tonight. She's telling me what she's going to do when she gets to college. She's going to help people with medical conditions. I think that's awesome. Some of you guys in junior high, you might have dreams right now, things where it's like, this is what I'm going to do when I grow up. But you know what's the scary thing about dreams? The scary thing about dreams is you only live once. That's the scary thing. You really only have one shot at those dreams. There's things in your life you want to do, and it's really easy for life to go by and for you to miss those dreams. Now, here's the thing. God has dreams for your life. God has had dreams for your life since before you were born. Since before you were born, God knew you, and he was like, I have something special for your life. I have something special for your life. He has something special for your lives. You can go to that next slide, Christian. See, in Jeremiah 1, verse 5, God says, he's talking to this guy named Jeremiah, and he says, Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, before I made you inside of your mom, I knew you before you were born, and I set you apart, and I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And I says this to Jeremiah, but I think we can say he says it to us too. I think we can say that God knew you before you existed, before you were born, he knew exactly who you were, he knew exactly who you were going to be, and he had a plan for your life. Now listen, I think sometimes for our lives we can have dreams. And I think our dreams can be this. I want a good life. I want a painless life. I want an easy life. I think that can be what we think. But listen, for those of you guys who are talking and messing around right now, I want you to pay attention because there's a world of people out there who are going through things you could never imagine in your wildest dreams. There are things that you complain about. There are things that I complain about in our lives. But, but look at what some of these people are going through. Go to the next slide, Christian. This is an orphan child. In 2010, in Haiti, there was an earthquake that happened. And this girl now is living in trash. She's got flies crawling in and out of her nose. She's got one life to live, and this is how she's spending it, sleeping in trash with flies crawling in and out of her nose. And we complain, and I complain, about things like, my phone died, my phone ran out of battery, my life is over, right? Or things like, it's too hot, I can't do anything, it's too hot today. Or there's nothing to do, even if it wasn't hot, there's nothing to do. And you know what it is? I realize it in my life, and maybe you realize in your life, it, it, it's selfishness. A lot of times what we're doing is we're focusing on ourselves. We're focusing on what makes us comfortable. We're focusing on what makes us happy. You can go to that next, that next slide, Christian. In Philippians 2, verse 4, listen. I'm talking about don't waste your life. It says, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. There's a world of people out there that God created. And I realize in my own life, so, so much I'm so focused on what makes me comfortable and what makes me happy. For those of you guys who are in eighth grade, I hope you're paying attention because I wrote this series for you guys specifically. I know you guys are going to high school and I can't stay with you guys forever and I can't talk with you guys forever. I mean, I'll be around if you want to talk to me, but I talk to me, but I, I, to me, but I, I can't, but I, I can't be here in high school. But if I could challenge you in one thing, what I would say, yeah, Dylan. Oh, I thought you were raising your hand. If I could challenge you in one thing, what I would say is don't waste your life. The Bible says, let us not look to only our own interests, but the interests of other people. Let's look at that next slide. This is John Fai Jr., the boy, and he is mourning 
the death of his father and his younger brother just two months after his mother died of cancer. This is a 13-year-old guy. And his six-year-old brother and his father were killed in a house that caught on fire. The only person who survived was the boy. And listen, in a moment, your one life, the one life you have to live, in a moment that can change. In a moment, everything that you thought you knew could disappear. Bad things can happen to us. Our life can change drastically in an instant. You can go to the next slide. This is a Palestinian boy, and the reason he's shouting and screaming is because his house is being destroyed. The city, uh, the state, said they didn't have proper safety permits for their house, so they bulldozed the house of this boy and his family. Now this guy has nowhere to live. Like I said, in an instant, your one life can be filled with pain. Your one life can change. And in the instant, people around you's lives can be filled with change and pain and hurt. Look at this guy. Look at the next slide. This is a Chinese recruit in the Chinese army, and the reason he's crying is because he's scared of dying. He just got recruited in the army, off the streets, teenage guy, and now he realizes he has to go out and fight a war where he could die. In an instant, we could die. In an instant, we could, we, uh, I had a friend whose mom died in her sleep, just went to sleep, and the next morning they woke up, and mom's not there anymore. You could go outside and get hit by a car today. These things could happen. Our life could end. Look at the next slide. In 2011, the Japanese earthquake inflicted a death toll of 15,000 people and left much of the country devastated. Nearly 10,000 more people were either injured or labeled missing. I mean, I've said it enough, but there is hurt and there is pain and there is suffering out in the world. And things like this makes me wonder, why am I complaining so much about my phone dying? Why am I complaining so much about not getting to eat what I wanted to today? When there's a whole world of people out there who need love and they have things happening to them, not just in countries like Japan, but in Vista, in your own hometown, in Oceanside, in Carlsbad, there's people and friends and, and people who need to hear God's love. You can go to the next slide. Listen, see this child, this boy, this photo was taken moments before an Indian child let go. He finally lost grip and he was just driven into the overflowing Ganges River as it flooded the region. This is a river flooding that killed thousands and left thousands missing. And listen, some of you guys, if I know truly, if I, if I know truly the way the enemy works, I believe there are some of you guys here who would want to follow Jesus. You would say today, I want to follow Jesus, but you're hanging on to the wire. You're, you're letting your feet dip in to the waters of sin and you're hanging on. When God says, listen, I don't want you to be hanging on a wire where you feel like you're gonna let go and drop into that sin any moment. I want you standing on solid rock. I want you not wasting your life constantly hanging and dangling into sin but I want you to take my hand and let me pull you up. Listen, you guys only live once. You can go to the next slide. In Acts 20, verse 24, it says, but my life is worth nothing, nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. There's a world of people out there who don't know Jesus. There's a world of people out there who are hurting, but listen, there's a God who loves those hurting people and a God who loves you. And I know we, you are all hurting people. I know you're all people who go through trials, who go through hard things, who go through hurts. God loves you. 
And our lives are meant to love, serve, and follow that God, the, the one God who loves us and made us. It's why we've been created. You can go to the next slide, Christian. See, listen, I want you to imagine something, okay? Um, I want you to imagine, uh, you go, let's imagine you're uh, 80 years old, and let's imagine you go to a nursing home to catch up with some old junior high buddies, and you talk with these guys, and you say, hey, I haven't seen you in years. How did you spend your life? And let's imagine you're sitting with your junior high buddies and they're super old and they're like, let me tell you how I spent my life. It was a good life. I got up to 592 on Flappy Bird. It's like, okay, what else did you do? And then there's a girl sitting there, junior high, old junior high girl, and now she's 80. She's like, I got a really sweet tan during the summer of 2014. You're like, what? And then you talk, you go to your other friend, you're like, what happened to you? How was your life? How did you spend your life? I got up to 2,936 Instagram followers. Yay! Listen. Listen. You only live once. Can you imagine how God must feel the way we spend our lives sometimes? Can you imagine the way God must feel the way you spend your life? I believe he'd say to you, I have things for you to do. I believe he'd say to those old junior hires, those senior citizens, junior hires who flappy birded and Instagrammed their life away, he would say, I had people for you to love. I had a family for you to live with and bless. I had sick people for you to help. I had weeds for you to pull. What, weeds for you to pull? Yes, there's people in your community, old widows, sick people. You're a young, healthy junior high kid. We do salt and light. Only two people show up most of the time, okay? There's stuff to do for the Lord, stuff to serve the Lord with. He said, and the most of all, God would say to you, I had time with you that I wanted to spend. Can you imagine showing up to heaven and saying, Jesus, here, look at my iPhone. Here's my Flappy Bird score. Do you imagine showing up to heaven? What did you do? The Bible actually says when you show up to heaven, Jesus will say, what did you do with my son? Can you imagine showing Look, 2,000 followers. Yes. He's not going to be impressed. Listen, the only thing that lasts here on earth is what we do for Jesus and what we do with Jesus. Listen, that's really important. The only thing that lasts here on earth is what we do for Jesus and what we do with Jesus. Now listen, I've been thinking a lot lately about what it means to actually be a Christian. And I think for a lot of us, we think it means showing up to church. But we're missing the mark so much with that. Listen. Jesus died so that you can be in a relationship with him. I want you to go back with me. Think, what was the very, the very first relationship that man had with God? Let's think about that. What did that look like? Adam and Eve. Think about it. What were they doing? Were they like, did they have a church service with Adam and Eve? Was it like, hey, Adam and Eve, uh, Sundays and Wednesdays, you're gonna show up, we're gonna sing some songs to me. This is God talking to Adam and Eve. He's like, hey, Adam and Eve, we're the only people on earth, me, you, and Eve, Adam. Wednesdays, show up, 6.30, me, you, and Eve are gonna play some dodgeball. It's gonna be awesome. And then we're gonna eat some pizza, and then we are gonna sing some songs, and then Adam's gonna talk about me, and it's gonna be awesome. Is that what was happening? No, that's not what was happening. You know what happened? The Bible says that Adam walked with God. That's what church looked like back then. Adam took walks with God. I started to see this pattern in the Bible. It says that Noah walked with God. Remember Noah? The guy who was like, 
Is everything okay? Everyone keeps looking over here. Is everyone okay? You guys okay? Yeah? Okay. Listen, please. Noah. I'll take questions later, okay? Listen. Noah walked with God. He was the only person left on earth who cared about God. And the Bible says he walked with him. Abraham walked with God. And God chose him to start the nation. You look at all these great people back in the Bible. It doesn't say what their church service was like, but it says that they walked with God. And listen, I love you guys so much, seriously. I stinking love you guys. I wake up in the morning and I'm so happy to see you guys. And I pray for you guys. And I really do love you guys, like so much. You're my favorite people in the world. And that's why the most important thing I can tell you in all of this, don't waste your life, you only live once. What I can tell you is the most important thing is walk with God. And you might be wondering, what does that look like? It just means go take a walk with him. Go outside in your backyard and just take a lap and talk to God. Go in your front yard and just walk around a little bit around your neighborhood and talk to God. Open up your Bible and see what he would say to you. It's so simple, but we miss it so much. Some of you guys might feel like, what's the girl, Rapunzel? Yeah, it's Rapunzel. She's up in the tower and she's like, when will my life begin? Some of you guys might feel like that. When is my life going to start? Listen, listen. You know what I think you're like sometimes? You know what I think we're like sometimes? I think we're like a car that doesn't have keys. Now listen. No, keys. Yeah. You're like a car without keys. No, you're like a car without keys. And listen, what good is a car without keys? You can have a car, but it, without keys, shh. Listen, a car without keys is not doing what a car was made to do. A car without keys isn't gonna be enjoying itself. It's not gonna be out speeding down the highway without keys, without starting the ignition. Even if you take, like you might, what I'm saying is the keys in this illustration, that's your time with God. That's spending time with Jesus. That's talking to Jesus. That's the ignition of the Holy Spirit that starts a fire in your heart that lets you operate as a Christian. That's the key that goes in that lets you live your life in a way that it won't be wasted. But you might say, I'm at church, I'm here at church. Listen, if I take a car and I put it in the middle of the road, without the key, it's not gonna go. I can take a car and stick it in the road, just like I can take a kid and stick him in church, but without the Holy Spirit in their heart, nothing's going to happen. I hope you guys are listening. I don't want you to waste your life. And I'm not telling you you need to go out and do something extraordinary. I'm telling you you have to go out there and work really hard at being a Christian. No. What I'm telling you is have a relationship with Jesus. Read your Bible, even if you don't understand it. Read it and trust that God will speak to you. Pray and ask God for help, talk to him, he loves you. Listen, let's go to the next slide. Philippians 1.21 says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. The Bible says that for you to live, to really live, it has to all be about Christ. It has to be about Jesus. That means your decisions, the things you do, the things you say, the things you think, those things need to go through Jesus. 
Your life needs to be centered around not what makes me happy, but what makes God happy. And you might think that that might make you unhappy to not focus on what makes you happy, but what makes God happy. But I promise you, if you're focusing on what makes God happy, you're going to be more happy than you've ever been in your entire life. Because you're gonna have something on top of happiness, which is called joy. And even though sometimes times will be hard and things will be difficult, when you start following Jesus for real, when you start really actually following after Jesus, and reading your Bible and praying and talking to God, not just coming to church and hearing me talk at you, but going to God and letting him speak to your soul. And I believe God is here in this room right now. I believe the Holy Spirit is real. And I believe God is trying to speak to some of you. And I believe some of you guys are resisting right now. I think some of you guys are allowing yourselves to be distracted. I believe some of you guys are rejecting in your heart what God is trying to say. And I want to encourage you, please, Listen, because God wants to speak to your spirit because he loves you. I was reading about these guys. You know how it says, don't waste your life up there? You only live once, don't waste your life. There's guys who've been put in jail under something that's called a life sentence. And it was funny because I was watching this video and there was these guys in jail and instead of saying, don't waste your life, they said, don't waste your life sentence. It's like, what are you talking about? You're in jail until you die. You don't get out until you die. It's these guys who've committed terrible crimes. They've murdered, they've done things even worse than murder, and now they're in jail. But you know what? They've given their life to Jesus. And these guys, it's a group of guys in jail who are on death row and, and life sentences, and they're saying, don't waste your life sentence. There's guys in these jails who are telling people about Jesus. They've started Bible studies in their jail cells. They're saying, you know what? We're in jail for life, let's not waste it. God's put us here, let's tell people about Jesus. I thought that was amazing. You know, we talk about the need, and I've talked to you guys for the last year about the need to share the gospel with other people. I remember watching a youth pastor, another youth pastor, and he did this illustration where he had a, he had a bowl of goldfish, and he pulled it out, and he's like, look at these goldfish, they're so cute. Check out these goldfish, they're amazing. <coughs> and everyone's watching, they're like, oh, look at the goldfish. I love the goldfish. The goldfish are amazing. Then he scooped the goldfish out, and he threw them on the floor. And all the kids freaked out. They're like, what? The, the goldfish? Like, they, they, they loved the goldfish. They met him. They only knew him for two minutes. They were cute. But he threw these four goldfish on the floor. And he said, these goldfish will die unless they get in water. Who will save these goldfish? And a bunch of kids got out of their seat. It was a big church. And a bunch of kids ran up on the stage, and they grabbed the goldfish, and they threw them back in the water. And he said, look at how much you cared for goldfish, but there are people all around you who are going to hell. And Jesus says, who will tell them the gospel? Who will reach out to these friends? Who will speak to them? It's so easy for us to save an animal, but to save a person, sure, God is the only one who can really save them, but we're the one who delivers the medicine. God's the one who can cure them, but we're the ones who've been scheduled, and not scheduled, we're, we're the ones who've been um, chosen by God to deliver that medicine that the people need who are dying. Now listen, I'm gonna close with a story. You can go to the next slide. Okay, this is a guy named Harry Houdini. Who's heard of Harry Houdini? All right, good, this will make telling this story a lot easier. Harry Houdini said he could escape anything. He was an escape artist, that was his deal. He could escape handcuffs, straight jackets, water traps. He even got nailed in coffins and escaped from that. He was an escape master. You couldn't keep him down. You couldn't chain him up. He would get 
out of it. And Harry Houdini even went around saying, I can escape death. I can defy death. I am the greatest escape artist in the world. He used to mess with police officers. He'd say to police officers, give me your best handcuffs. And they'd handcuff his hands and his feet to a pole on the street. And within minutes, he would free himself and everyone would just be amazed. How did Harry Houdini do it? His skill in escaping was so amazing that it led to a showdown. There was a master locksmith in England in 1904. This master locksmith, or this, a locksmith is someone who builds locks. So the master locksmith, he spent five years building a set of handcuffs that he thought were unescapable. Well, Harry Houdini put them on and within minutes, he was free. This guy was amazing. One of his best tricks was called the milk carton escape. He used to fill himself handcuffed into a giant milk carton and they would seal it up with water and then they'd put the cap on and somehow, somehow this guy would get out without drowning. One night, he'd be dangling upside down in a straitjacket. The next, he'd, he'd be buried alive six feet underground and he would constantly be getting out. He was amazing. But the thing is, all of these traps that Houdini escaped from, he invented. All of these are traps. He was the one who was like, okay, I'm going to spend hours figuring out how does this trap work and how do I get out of it? So he was an escape artist, but really the reason he escaped was because he had spent hours practicing his escapes. He was a master of illusion. But, but listen, Houdini found out the hard way that you can't escape death. Listen, on October 1926, he was performing a tour through Canada. All of a sudden, his appendix starts to erupt. You guys know what appendix is? It's a part of your body near your stomach. It starts shaking, and it starts rumbling, and his appendix bursts, and he keeps performing. He's like, I don't know what this is. Like, he was too prideful to stop his show, so he goes through a show, and he's in an immense amount of pain. So he steps off the stage. See, what had happened, that his appendix had burst and had spread toxins and poisons into his body. And so he met a college student right after the show, and he's, he's kind of holding his stomach, and this college student named James Gordon Whitehead shows up, and the man approached Houdini, and he said, hey, Houdini, is it true that you can survive any punch to the stomach? And Houdini was like, yes, that's true. And without, before he could do anything, the college student punched him in the gut after he'd already had his appendix burst. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't too soon after that that he was in the hospital. And Houdini is dying. And he looks to the doctor. His name was Dr. Kennedy. And he said, Dr. Kennedy, I envy you. And the doctor was like, Houdini, you're amazing. You're rich. You're famous. You have all the money you could want. People love you. You're a celebrity. And Houdini says, I always wanted to be a doctor like you because you save people. And all I do is, I'm just a fake. Everything I do is false. You actually help people. Everything I do is false. So the next day on Halloween, he passed away and he died. Houdini couldn't escape death. And here's my question to you. What's your plan to escape death? Death is coming for all of us. What's your plan? What's your plan to escape death? For, for all of you, I hope the answer is Jesus. Because listen, if we're gonna talk about how do we escape death, we have to talk about what is life. There's two types of life. One, one is life that your parents give you. You're born into the world and then you live. But that's a life that dies. All of you are dying. You don't know that, but you are. 
you're going to die one day. Your body is actually dying right now. My body is dying right now. We're all getting older every second. We will die. But listen, there is a life that never dies. It's the life that Jesus gives you. It's eternal life. And that's why we're called to live not for our life here on earth, but for our life in heaven with Jesus. Let's go to the next slide, and I'll close with this verse. In Mark 8, 36, it says, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? If you gain the whole world, if you get all the money in the world, all the Instagram followers in the world, all the video games in the world, if you get everything you want, if you take your list of everything you want and you get it, what will it profit you if you lose your soul? What will it profit you if you die and go to hell? Nothing. Listen, there was two old ladies, 80 years old, so old. You know what these ladies did when they were dying? They had spent their whole life serving Jesus, teaching Sunday schools, being missionaries. At the time they died, they were in Africa, in the jungles, in tribes, witnessing to tribe people. Is this a tragedy that they died, these two old ladies? No, it's not a tragedy. You know why? Because they went out serving Jesus. They went out loving God. That's how they went out. There's a guy named John Piper, and, and this is what he says. He says, that's not a tragedy. He says, I'll tell you what a tragedy is. This is what Pastor uh, John says. He says, this is a tragedy. I'll show you a wasted life. Consider this story from February 1998. A couple took early retirement from their jobs at Northeast five years ago when he was 59 and she was 51. Now this old couple, they live in Punta Gorda, Florida, where they cruise on their 30-foot boat, play softball, play softball, and they collect seashells. And he says, that's a tragedy. People who could continue to serve God, people who continue to follow God, and instead they're collecting seashells on the beach, and that's how they want to go out. And I know you guys aren't like 50 years old or you know, 60 years old collecting seashells, but you're junior high kids. And here's the thing. God has a future for you, but he also has a present for you. Do you get that? God has a present for you. God has a right now for you. Right now, God has something he wants you to do. And first and foremost, it's have a relationship with him. It's love him. It's spend time with him. It's give him your attention. And second... He has things for you to do. He has a family, a mother, a father, brothers and sisters for you to love and respect and honor. He has people who need to hear the gospel in your life. He has ways that you can obey him and follow him and serve him if you'd open your eyes and look. Listen, the world has been selling you your entire life, your entire short lives and my entire short life. This is what the world has been selling us. It's been saying life is about do a good job, make a lot of money so that you can be comfortable and so that you can have everything you want to have. And that's the dream that they try to sell you every single day of your life. And I've only got 40 minutes up here to beg you, to beg you, live for Jesus. He loves you. Live for the one who loves you and died for you. Now next week, next week we're gonna talk about how we cannot waste our life. We're gonna talk about things we can do to make our lives count. But the biggest thing I can leave you with this week is simply just walk with God. 
Spend time with him. If you're not reading your Bible, pick it up. You've probably got five of them on your shelf at home. If you don't have a Bible, let me know and I will buy you one because I love you. But I want you to know Jesus and I want you to spend time with him. And I know that there's so many of you guys who aren't because just like you, I myself go through those seasons where I don't pick up my Bible and read it and spend time with the one who loves me. And I know in every time in my life where that happens, I'm wasting my life. But if I'm in God's word and I'm talking to him, then I'm living my life for Jesus. And I'm spending time with the one who loves me. And that's what I want for you guys. So I'm gonna pray for you guys and we're gonna split up in some groups. Dear Lord, thank you so much that you love us, God. Thank you so much that you don't sit up in heaven with a big checklist of things that we're doing right and wrong, judging us. But God, you've given us forgiveness. You've given us grace. And I take it for granted so much. Lord, help us. Help us to appreciate what you've done for us. Help us to appreciate our Bibles that people died for so that they could be written. Help us to appreciate your word. Help us to pick it up like a love letter, not just an assignment or a chore, which is so easy for us to do, Lord, but help us to pick up our, our Bibles and read what you would have to say to us, God. We have a whole life to live, but we know, God, that whatever we do, if it's not for you, it's a waste. Jesus, I pray that we would not waste it. I pray that we would be, I pray for this group of kids and this group of eighth graders who are going on into high school, that they would go on and they would change their families, they would change their schools, they would change their group of friends by the power of the gospel, by the power of your love. Fill these kids with your spirit, help them. Continue to love them and bless them, Lord. Help them to live a life that is worthy of the gospel. We love you, Jesus, and we ask all these things in your name. Amen.